got Philippians 4, 13. If you would, please, out of respect to scriptures, let's just stand as we read. By inspiration, the apostle says in Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Read it with me, will you please? I'll give the reference, and let's all read it out loud together. If you don't have a Bible, try to look over somebody's shoulder so we can all have part of this, all right? Here we go, Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through Christ, we know this is true because you have said it. And so I pray that you'll help us to look at what you have said and understand it. And then, dear Lord, I pray that you'll help us to put it into practice in our lives. And we ask these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. You may be seated. You could say, arguably, that Philippians 4.13 starts with the first chapter in the book because it's all part of the book that the apostle wrote. But it is in dead earnest by the time you get to the sixth verse in the fourth chapter where the Bible says, be careful for nothing. That is, don't worry. Don't be burdened down. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Then he goes on to say in the next verse, does the apostle, I'm thankful for you, the church at Philippi, in your support of my ministry. Verse 11 is important. Not that I speak in respect of want, he says, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. And then verse or, or 12 is really important to verse 13. So I want you to look down at it, would you? Verse 12, the apostle says, I have learned both how to be a base and I, I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am both instructed to be full and to be hungry both to abound and to suffer need. Then he says, I can do all things through Christ. Now, I know, I know the Bible says I can do all things through Christ, and I don't want to change that, but I would like for you to think of it this way. I think it'll help you to see the verse more clearly. If, if you would say, I can do both things through Christ, which strengthened me. I can be abased, that's at the bottom, or I can abound, that's at the top of your game. In either place, I can do what needs to be done through Christ which strengtheneth me. Now, it's fairly obvious that you would need Christ's strength if you were abased, is it not? In other words, if you were at the bottom, if you were facing hard times, um, in the first place, 
He uses the illustration here, does the apostle. You can be hungry. Have you ever been hungry? Well, all of us have been, but we haven't been in the same sense that people are in this world. You know, people do face hunger, most of them not of the United States, although some may, but people do face hunger, which means they don't know where their next meal is coming from. If you have teenage sons, they begin starving about 10 minutes after lunch. And so all of us have had that kind of hunger. But the point is, if you are hungry, it's hard to keep your mind on God's will for your life. Have, have you ever been to church on Sunday morning when you didn't have breakfast or not much and your tummy growled in the middle of the service? Have you ever, have you ever had that happen? All right. Now, I know you can be spiritual and say, I, I, I am interested only in God's speaking to me this morning. But if your tummy is growling, you're distracted. Are you not? So the passage says, I can do all things that includes even when you are abased and hungry. How about humility? Now, humility is a wonderful thing. I don't deny that. God hates the proud, but God does take care of the humble. So says the book of James. It, it's really a wonderful truth. However, sometimes when people are humble, they have a misrepresentation of themselves. I, I hate this phrase, but I'm going to use it because you'll know what I'm talking about. Sometimes people that are humble have a poor self-image. You know, being humble is not having a poor self-image. Being humble is saying, you know, I can't do what needs to be done. Only Christ can do it through me. That's what it means to be humble. But if you're not careful, being humble can mean, well, I, I'm just not really worth much. God, God could never use me. I mean, what could I do in this church? I can't sing. I can't play the violin. I can't play the piano. I, I really couldn't ush. That's what ushers do, you know. I, I really couldn't ush that well. I couldn't be a deacon. I couldn't be a trustee. I'm not wealthy. I can't, you know, what can I do? Well, the answer is I can do all things even when I'm abased. I can do all things even when I'm humble. Then another illustration he uses here is in need. I've learned how to abound, says the apostle, I've suffered loss or I have been in need. Well, couldn't all of us relate to that? If I said, if I said tonight, and don't raise your hand, but if I said tonight, how many of you people have a specific need that you could bring to our attention tonight? Wouldn't we all raise our hands? Don't, don't we all have specific needs? It's nothing wrong with having a need, but the problem is when you are faced with a need which seems insurmountable, you, you can't do what God wants you to do. And so when you're abased, I can do all things through Christ. It's also true when you abound. So if you think I can do both things, when I am abased, I can do what God wants. When I abound, I can do what God wants. And ironically, 
Uh, when you abound, sometimes there are things that get in your way in serving the Lord. For example, he uses the expression here of being full. So I know how to be hungry, he says. I have been full. Well, let me ask you a question. Sunday, after the morning service, you go home and your wife fixes a wonderful meal. Roast beef, potatoes, carrots, mashed potatoes. This, this does happen every week, does it not? So you have this wonderful meal. More likely you stop by Wendy's, but wherever it is, you have a meal and maybe you fellowship with friends, and after the meal, you go home, what do you want to do? Take a nap. When you're full, you want to take a nap. Now, the wonderful thing, Pastor Bill, about being 68, is you can want to take a nap whether you're full or not. It's just a wonderful thing. It's always good uh, to, to take a nap. But the point is, it's hard to be abounding the way you should, and serving God the way you should when you're full. In the second place, it certainly is hard to serve God when you're proud. You know, that's a battle with those, those of us who are in this room tonight. We, we seldom think of it, but we do become proud when God uses us wonderfully. Um, that's my church. That's our mission budget. That's what we've done this year. That's our bus route. This is my Sunday school class. Now, there's nothing wrong with seeing success in any of those areas, but I am telling you, any of us can become proud because of them. You know, I've, I've often said, uh, preaching is a showy gift. Everybody in this room who knows the Lord and loves the Lord serves the Lord faithfully. You may serve the Lord as much as a preacher, and doubtless you do, but it's not seen the same way. And so when a man preaches, if he's not careful, he begins thinking, well, he's, he's pretty good. You know what I'm saying? I mean, <laughs> that was good tonight. I'm telling you, he is pretty good. You know, God hates pride, literally hates pride but he gives mercy to the humble. So if you're abounding and you have pride, you're not really in very good shape. When you're abounding and you're a fool, uh, you're, you may be hindered. And then this one fascinates me. When you're abounding, nobody has sympathy for you. You know, when you're doing well and things are going well, people are bored with things going well for you. For example, for example, the Bible says in the book of Romans that we are to weep with those who weep and we are to rejoice with those who rejoice. You remember this passage? All right. Well, you know, I found out it's a lot easier to weep with people who weep than it is to rejoice with people who rejoice. For example, suppose this afternoon I twisted my ankle. Now, that wouldn't be a big deal, certainly not in light of what Brother Bill has gone through. But suppose I twisted my ankle and so I come to church like this. I come to church. And you say, oh my goodness, Brother Bill, what happened? And I say, well, I, uh, I twisted my ankle. And you say, well, I'm, I'm so sorry. Is, 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 is it going to be all right? I mean, I, you're so brave just to show up <laughs> tonight, Brother Bill. I, I just, 
I just hope you're right. You would sympathize with me if I had a twisted ankle. But suppose, suppose I drove up into the church instead of in a truck and in a trailer. Suppose I drove up to the church in a $360,000 Ferrari. Now let me ask you a question. If I drove up to this church in a $360,000 Ferrari, do you think I would be happy? Oh, yes, people. Yes. I met a man last week. He's 91. He said to me, I'm 91. Well, he didn't say it like that. He said, I'm, I'm 91, and I have a Porsche that's a five-speed. I'm telling you, this guy is my latest hero to be able to shift gears at 91 in a Porsche. All right, so suppose I drive up to the church in a $360,000 Ferrari. Would you say, praise the Lord, I'm happy for Brother Bill? Or would you say, where'd he get that? <laughs> so the irony is that sometimes when we abound, we still have obstacles. And so... The apostle says, I've learned how to be abased, I've learned how to abound, and I can do all things, we're saying, I can do both things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. So it's the Lord Jesus who gives the strength. For example, think of all the demands in Scripture that you and I could not fulfill. Let me give you two. The Bible says to me as a husband, Bill... Love your wife, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Now, I have no trouble loving Mary. I loved Mary for many, many years, and I, I'm thankful for Mary. I love Mary. But if the Lord were to say to me tonight, Bill, you love Mary? Yes, sir, I do. With all my heart, I love Mary. If he were to say to me, Bill, do you love your wife like my son loves you? Well, that's, that's a horse of a different color, is it not? In other words, wouldn't that be quite a command for my life? Bill Rice, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. See, I, I can't do that on my own. But you think the Lord Jesus could? You think the Lord Jesus through me could love Mary like Christ loved the church. Well, obviously, it's just a repetition of the same truth. Here's another one. Romans says, avenge not yourselves, neither give place to wrath. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him to drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil. I love this. But overcome evil with good. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Do you know anybody that you don't like? And maybe they have wronged you. It may not be big or gargantuan, but they've wronged you. Do you, do you know anybody you don't like? I mean, I mean a, a, a brother in Christ. He's born again, blood-bought, but, but you don't like him. Oh, come on, people. Can't you think of somebody you don't like? I can think, I can think of a guy right now. 
He's a preacher. He's blood-bought. He's born again. He loves the Lord. I'm sure he does. He loves people. I'm sure he does. And I don't like him. You say, Brother Rice, that's not what you mean. You mean, you love him and the Lord, but you don't always enjoy fellowship with him. No, no, that's not what I mean. What I mean is, I don't like him. I don't like him. Well, you say, is that right? Well, of course it's not right. I didn't ask you if it's right or not. I just asked you if I liked him or not, and I don't. Are you following this? Okay, you say, well, but you should, you should love him. Okay, but I can't. But I can do all things through Christ. If the Lord Jesus were here tonight, and a member of this church, and by the way, I don't mean to be irreverent here, but if the Lord Jesus were alive on this earth today, he would be uh, in a church like this one. He'd be in a Bible-preaching, Bible-believing church. So if the Lord Jesus were here, and somebody had wronged him, do you think he could forgive them? Do you think he could love the unlikable? Yes, he could. And so that's what the passage is saying. I can do all things. Let me give you one more. I love this one. Jesus said, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, pressed together and running over. Shall men give unto your bosom? For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured unto you again. Have you ever heard anybody say, give until it hurts? Have you ever heard that? That really has no foundation in the scripture at all. The Bible says the exact opposite. The Bible says the Lord loveth a cheerful giver. You know, giving is a blessing. It's not, it's not a curse. Do I, do I have to give? Some of you people, you can't give without a calculator. It's like you're having a meal and determining what 15% is. The meal is $26. And you're going, now what would 15% and you get your iPhone out and figure it out because you don't want to give 16% or in all fairness, 14, it's got to be 15. So you get the iPhone. And then when it comes to, uh, when it comes to, let me see, uh, $3 and 68 cents, 0.72, you wonder if it should be 68 cents or 69. That's the way you give. That's one of the problems with tithing. You know the word tithe means 10%. I believe the New Testament teaches we should give as God prospers us. Well, you say, if we give as God prospers, wouldn't that be a percentage? Yes, I think it would be. And if you want to look at 10%, that's fine. But I'll tell you, I have never in my life met a mean business for God, go get them, I love the Lord Jesus, Christian, whoever gave as little as 10% of his income to the Lord's work. I heard a guy, now, now you may, and he's a good guy, now I don't, <laughs> I, I hope I don't get in trouble, but he, he was saying, some of you people, you live up north and you tithe, that's 10%, your church up north, and you come down here for five months, well, what should you do? It's like, what can I do? I'm up north, and I tithe 10%, but I'm down here for five months, Shouldn't I help this poor church I'm in down here? Well, let me tell you the answer to that. Are you ready for this? 10% up north, keep it up, and 10% down here. 
and then add to that. We see, yeah, but that's 20%. Bingo. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthened me. I can do both things. One more thing, not only is the Lord the answer, but know where you are and face it. In other words, if you're abased, okay, know that. If, if there's something difficult you're facing because you're abased, know that. If you're abounding, that's not the end of the world. Know where you are so that you can deal with it. And then look back at verse 11. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, there to be content. I just love that verse. If the Apostle Paul learned contentment, then you'll have to. If he could, then we can. It's not something that comes naturally. And look, remember you can do all things through Christ. Put a smile on your face and get out there and do it. See, I... I'm not a very patient person. I will admit <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's not even de describing it very well, but I'm not very patient. But I'll tell you something I just cannot abide. I just cannot be around people that are negative all the time. What do we have to be negative about in the United States of America and a Bible-preaching church? Now, I know there's wickedness out there. I know there are battles out there. I know there are bad things out there. But you belong to the Lord Jesus, and you can do all things through Christ, which strengthens you. So be cheery every now and then about it. I have a friend. He's a dear brother. He loves the Lord. He's a good guy. But he sees the downside of everything. I mean everything. Um, if, if his uncle died and left him $100,000, I don't know that he has an uncle, and if he does, I doubt if he has 100000 but if my friend's uncle died and left him $100,000, I would be ecstatic. I would say, that's great. Your uncle left you $100,000. And he would say, can you imagine the tax bill on that? <laughs> my deal is, come on. Just, just uh, recognize that you can do all things through Christ. I have a friend, Mary Weber's in heaven now. Uh, Mary and I met uh, Mary Weber and her husband, Stuart, in 1968 in January in our first revival, Mary and me, our first revival together at the Stuart's church. It was in, um, in Indiana, and we were there, and she was very, it was just two weeks after we had been married, and Mary was so gracious, and we, we stayed in uh, the Stewart's home, or the Weber's home, and there's a building on the ranch named after Stuart and Mary Weber, because they were dear friends of my father, and when Stuart passed away in the 70s, my father promised Mary that she'd always have a home on the ranch. There was about 25 houses on the ranch. And he promised Mary that she would always have a home on the ranch. She could work with us. And then when she was no longer able to work, she'd still have home. Something, by the way, she reminded me of on several occasions after Dad went on to heaven. So Mary lived with us. And Mary, she's a great lady, very gracious, very... Um, 
hospitable. But Mary could see <laughs> the bad side of everything. One day I went to the office, I had a cold. And I was through the worst of it, but I was, you know what it's like. I wasn't feeling that good, and it didn't look that good. And Mary Weber, she said to me, Bill, yes, are, are you okay? I said, yes, Mary, just have a cold, but I think I'm on, on the upward and, and I'm doing fine. I think I'll be okay. She said, well, I hope so. She said, I had a dear friend, and she looked just like you do today. And two days later, she died. <laughs> Thank you, Mary. That was a great encouragement. You know, I think, I think Christians ought to lie if they need to. How you feeling? Great. Great. And as soon as he turns the corner, you can keel over and fall on the floor. That's fine. I don't really think Christians should lie, but I don't think we need to be telling everybody about every hardship we have either. I think you ought to tell people that love the Lord and love you. But you know, even when you go through hardships, uh, you can say, I can do all things through Christ. Can you not? I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And you can remember, not that I speak in respect of lack or want, because I've learned, no matter where I am, abased or abounding, I've learned, no matter where I am, therewith to be content. The apostle says in the book of 1 Timothy, godliness with contentment is great gain. The next verse I love. It says in a paraphrase, you know, you brought nothing into this world. You're not going to take anything out. So having therefore food and raiment, having food and raiment, let us therefore be content. God's people ought to be contented people, don't you think? God's people ought to be joyous people and happy people because if you belong to the Lord, you can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth you. Let's bow, please, for prayer. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239 947 one two eight five. Thank you and God bless.